We're here now at uh, 1053, and we're uh, live here at Word of the Ranch on Saturday. And thank you for tuning in on uh, podcast as well. We're at Word of the Ranch and SoundCloud at Word of the Ranch as well. You can support us at ElishaMarkMinistries.com, or you can text to give at 44321, Word of the Ranch to 44321. Thank you for tuning in today. Happy um, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, President's Day weekend. So bless you guys wherever you're at. Thank you for tuning in. We love you guys. Amen. Let's open up in a word of prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you where two or three are gathered. You're here in our midst. We thank you, Lord, for a fresh word and season. Let it go forth unchecked and unhindered from any outside distraction or force. Give us all ears to hear and eyes to see into your word, your truth, your reality on how to change earth with heaven through your word. We give you all the praises and the glory for it. And if you agree with that, say amen. 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 Thank you all. Um, this is part two on Abraham, our father of faith. Part two, Abraham, our father of faith. And we started in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis last week. So let's just go back there if we can. And Genesis. How's everyone doing? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God forever. Amen. So we're reading about Abraham, our father, who Paul calls, us, calls him the father of us all, the father of our faith. So it's good to know about our father. Amen. Our heritage and where we came from. Amen. So we saw last week that um, Abraham was a tither, and Abraham also got circumcised. Uh, circumcision wasn't under the law. The law wasn't written yet. So this was just Abraham and God's way of entering into blood covenant together. Again, covenant in Hebrew literally means to cut. So he had to cut the flesh of something, and he cut the flesh of himself, signifying he's now personally in covenant with Almighty God forever, for his descendants after him as long as they shall live. Amen? Amen. Praise God forever. So like I said last week, we, we can do water baptisms outside, to uh, back by the barn here, to signify our salvation in Christ. And we can also perform circumcision out back by the barn here. If you want to come on out, feel free. <laughs> It'll be fun for the whole family. <laughs> Amen. Um, Abraham circumcised himself and his whole house at 99 years old. Uh, so it's never too late, and he did it with a sharp stone. We have better instruments today, amen. <laughs> Can you imagine that, 99, cut yourself? Oh, Jesus. We watched Samuel's circumcision. <laughs> that was rough. It was pretty tough. Can you imagine with the instruments of old, stones? I mean, I can't even fathom how they did that. But he did it to all his household. And it says Abraham circumcised all the male servants. He had 318 of them. All the male ones he circumcised as well. So this is a strong covenant God and Abraham entered into for his seed uh, following and we are a part of that. Again, our foundational scripture is in the New Testament for this, and that is Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on us, the Gentiles, through Christ Jesus by faith. So that is the, the foundation of why we should know about the blessings of Abraham, um, because that was the good news that came upon the Gentile world that the blessing of Abraham would now come to them through Christ Jesus. So say that with me online. I, I'm under the blessing of Abraham, through, Abraham Christ. through Christ. What Abraham had, I have. Abraham had. Amen. The Bible says you are now an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Praise Jesus, just like Father Abraham. So here we go. We're going to pick up, again, um, Abraham was circumcised. Abraham tithed. He's our father of the faith. And now we see the son of promise in Genesis chapter 18 here, after the sign of the covenant. Again, circumcision was just the sign of an inward covenant with God, just like baptism in water is. It's an outward sign of an inward covenant, an inward commitment with God through Christ. Amen. So Genesis 18 says, Then the Lord appeared to him, Moses, by the terebinth trees of Mamre, 
as he was sitting in the tent door in the heart in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. Say men. Three men were standing by him. God likes the number three. He does things a lot in three. We see Peter, James, and John, his disciples, the, the favored three. And then we see on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, Jesus talked with Moses and Elijah. There's a three right there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity is a three. You're a spirit, soul, and body. That's a trinity, a triune being. That's a three. Um, there's three months per season in each year. There's a lot of threes. God chose the number three for, I don't know why, but he likes it. He favors it. And then we have Paul the Apostle saying, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So whatever Jesus, Elijah, and Moses were talking about was established, because there were three of them. Amen? So praise God. You have to have at least two or three verses on the subject to form any doctrine. And sadly, sure enough, man has formed false doctrines on one verse, taken it out of context, and formed a doctrine, and people bought it. But you have to have two or three verses to establish sound doctrine, which Paul preaches on. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen. So two or three verses at least to establish sound doctrine. Amen, amen. So praise God forever. And here's our father Abraham under the tree. He lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran <laughs> he ran <laughs> from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Call them Lord. Amen. One of the three, I think, was Jesus. Man, Jesus visits his man a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> But he says three men here. Three men. He said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a... He just starts serving them. Amen? <laughs> and I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by in as much as you have come to your servant. They said, Do as you have said. Very direct. Angels are on the scene here. Amen? They're always direct. Gabriel's very direct. He was the messenger angel, the head of the messenger angels. He's the one that spoke to Mary, remember? Amen? So he says, Do as you have said, the angel said back to him. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three me measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. This is the first... Um, the first model we have of fast food right here abraham and it's good fast food made fresh amen genesis 18. he took a fatted cat and hastened to prepare it so he took butter and milk and the calf which he prepared and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree as they ate as they ate notice these three these three men ate natural food prepared by abraham and his house so we see here angels can eat real food amen and Paul says in Hebrews, Paul talks a lot about angels in Hebrews and our father Abraham. But Hebrews 1.14 says this, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? That's the definition of an angel. Hebrews 12.22 says we have now come into an innumerable company of angels through Christ. And Hebrews 13.2 says don't forget to entertain strangers like our father Abraham did here. For some have entertained angels unaware that they were entertaining angels themselves. So you always have to be open to talk to whom God leads you to talk to. Amen? Abraham immediately sensed the presence of God on these guys and served them. So we see angels can be men here and manifest themselves as men. I mean, didn't Jacob physically wrestle with an angel? 
He did. He was a man he wrestled with. So we see here, angels can be men. Amen forever. So Paul encourages us, don't forget to entertain strangers, for some have entertained angels unaware. And we see that right here with faithful Abraham. He entertained angels unaware. Amen. So they stood by them under the tree as they ate. Verse 9. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, Here, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. The promise confirmed again, now in the mouth of these three men. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child? He heard it. Amen. <laughs> he can hear everything. Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's the question to all of us in any circumstance we enter. Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Amen. At the appointed time, say appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. The promise is confirmed again. But Sarah denied it. Not that she'd have a son, but she denied that she'd went, she didn't laugh. <laughs> Saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid of him. That's what happens when you get in the presence of angels is where there's a godly uh, fear that comes upon you. I've had visions of angels, and then I experienced one uh, angel in the flesh, an angel unaware, when I picked up my sister from college in Seattle. I flew out there to, to drive her back in her car. She had finished college out there in Seattle, Washington. And as we were driving back, I drove through a 76 station, and it was a full-service gas station. Remember those? Where they pump your gas, wash your windows, do everything for you? So we pulled in there, and here comes a guy. He's, I, I noticed the guy right when I pulled into the station because he was servicing every car, and it was just him. And he was fast, but I'd say he was in his late 60s. He had glasses on. I'll never forget his glasses. And, man, the guy was working with excellence. I just, it marked me right when I pulled in the station. I took notice of the man, and I said, wow, that's a man who it works his job with excellence, and he's servicing all, this car, all these cars by himself. Sure enough, he finally comes over to our car. We're playing Christian music, and I start pumping the gas. Mary's inside the window. And he says, out of nowhere, he points to me, and he says, you have the spirit of Elijah upon you, a double anointings upon you, just like Elisha. And I said, that's my name. My name's Elisha. And then he points to Mary in the car, and, she's, and he says, you have the spirit of Miriam upon you which is Mary in Hebrew. And he says, you shall sing and dance. <laughs> Amen. Then he walked away and started serving other people. Started washing their cars, doing it, pumping their gas. And I just, it kind of just went over my head. It was kind of one of those moments where, what, what just happened? Or his dad says, what happened? <laughs> it was a what happened moment. Amen. And I just remember kind of just being in a little bit of a daze there. And as we drove off, I looked back and he was nowhere to be seen. <clears throat> Couldn't find him. I looked inside, looked inside the building, wasn't there, wasn't outside serving anyone. Just vanished. And then we drove off, and it, it wasn't until like a, a couple miles down the road, I said, did you realize what just happened there? He called us by our names, this stranger, unaware. That was, I knew it was an angel unaware. Jerry Savelle has a testimony. When his family was driving across the country, he was preaching somewhere, he has his whole young family in the car. One of our spiritual fathers, where we started Chariots of Light, Orange County Division through. And uh, 
he was driving down the car and he got a flat tire and his engine started rattling. So he pulled off the road into the service station. The lights were on at night in the service station. He pulled in, guys greeted him, filled his car with gas and worked on his car. Then they went to eat at the diner right next, right, right, right next door to the diner while they were working on the car. The, fi the car finished, he drove out and was able to make his meeting. I guess months later, he came back to that same place to go to that gas station and thank those guys who changed their tires, filled his car with gas, worked on his car, and the place was completely shut down. It looked like cobwebs had been on the, the gas station there. And so he went to the diner next door where they ate food that night, and the diner was still open. And he asked all the waiters and waitresses in that place, he said, you know that gas station right there? I was just here a few months ago, and they worked on my car. I wanted to give them a gift and just say thank you. He said, sir, that place has been closed for years. place has been closed for years. Angels opened up a gas station. Jerry Savelle says, I now know angels can get gas out of the earth, <laughs> fill pumps that have been down for years, work on cars. They're good mechanics. They have access to tires. They can work with their own hands. Amen? That was his revelation. I mean, the place was closed down for years. He double-checked. And he's a man of integrity. I believe his story is what he says. Amen? So we find out here that angels can eat. Angels can do things in the physical realm, and they can manifest themselves as men. Now, always men in the male sense. Men. Amen? It's just amazing to me. So I've seen one of them. I'm sure all of us have come across an angel unaware at some point of our life because we're heirs of salvation. Amen? And we can all point to someone like, yeah, that guy was a little different. That guy seemed a little off. Something was different about that guy. I wonder. You know? And that's our God, a God of wonders who makes us wonder. Amen? So here we see angel, uh, angels unaware and Abram and, and his wife, Sarah, feeding them. And now Abraham and Sarah were old and advanced in age, and Sarah laughed and denied it. And he said, no, but you did laugh, the angel, exclamation point. Talking to her. You know, they're reasoning together. Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. <laughs> Amen? Then the men arose from there and looked toward Sodom. I can just picture this in the spirit. These three angelic men looking toward Sodom. Angels are always on assignment. For the heirs of salvation. Amen? For the heirs of salvation. They're looking toward Sodom, which is sin city of its day. The king was corrupt. The people were corrupt. They were defiled, it says. Iniquity was rampant. And these angels are now looking upon the land. I wonder what Abraham was watching. If he was like me, my eyes are glued on these men. They got my full attention watching these guys look on Sodom. Oh, I wonder what's, what they're going to do. What, they, what is their plan? They're on assignment from God. <laughs> and Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Walked them out, so to speak. I don't know how far he went, but he saw them off to see them on their way. And the Lord said, see, the Lord is in the midst of them here. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord. That word know there is a, as, as if a man should know his wife. It's an intimate working relationship with. I have known him in order that he may a personal relationship, an encounter with Almighty God, that he may command his children and his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord 
to do righteousness and justice. We see throughout the word, God is a God of justice. And the Bible says he loves justice. He is the ultimate judge, amen, and who judges righteously. So never dismiss justice. God is a God of justice. It's confirmed over and over again through the word of the living God. That the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great. So these are righteous men and women, godly fearing men and women, crying out against Sodom and Gomorrah through prayer and supplication, saying, hey, this city is now, this government is now inflicting your children. We're crying out through prayers, fastings, whatever it is, lifting our voices up to God. God, kill them. <laughs> Literally, their cries have gone up against Sodom and Gomorrah. Their cries and their outcry is great, the Lord said. And because their sin is very great or grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come up to me. God speaking. He sent angels, sent men to go see for their own eyes to relay back to God, this is actually, this is, this is real. Your people are correct. And if not, I will know. He came down to earth to see with his own two eyes, so to speak. Then the men turned away from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood still before the Lord, stayed in the presence of God, as these angels left and went toward Sodom. And Abraham came near and said to the Lord, Would you also, there's a verse in the Bible that says, Come, let us reason together. I've entered into covenant. Let's talk. Let's do business. This is what Abraham's doing here with the Lord himself as the angels are on their way to Sodom. Abraham came near and said to the Lord, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within that city. Well, Abraham knew Lot and his entire family are in Sodom. And there's eight of them. Eight and his, Lot and his relatives total eight people. Suppose there were 50 righteous within that city, Lord. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Hey, God's going to spare this nation. Amen? There's more than 50 righteous people in the U.S., right? And if you're watching online around the world, are there more than 50 righteous in your nation? That means God's hand won't leave it. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Far be it, verse 25 says, from you to do such a thing. This is Abraham talking to the Lord, the creator of the universe. This is how bold he was with his father. Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, Lord, so that the righteous should be as the wicked? You mean they're getting judged with the wicked? That's not fair. You're a just judge. Remember you love justice? That's not fair justice. So that the righteous should be as the wicked? Far be it from you! Exclamation point. Almost yelling at God. Far be it from you! Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said, responded, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. Just like he'll spare your nation for yours. Then Abraham answered and said, Indeed now, I who am but dust and ashes have taken it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose there were five less than the fifty righteous, Lord. Would you destroy all the city for lack of five? So he said, If I found there forty-five, I would not destroy it. And he spoke to him yet again. Suppose there should be forty found there. 
So he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 40. Then he said, let not the Lord be angry. <laughs> He's doing business here. <laughs> Amen. You know, he's talking him down here, right? Suppose 30 should be found there. So he said, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, Indeed, now I have taken upon myself Abraham to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 should be found there, Lord. Then he said, I won't destroy for even the sake of 20. And he said, Let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak but once more. Suppose 10 should be found there. Remember, he knew there were eight. Eight, eight people in Lot's family. Suppose ten should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for the sake of ten. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Let's keep reading here. This is such a good story. Now the two angels. Well, weren't, weren't there three? No, there were three men. It's just like Daniel in the lion's den. And the fourth one looked like the son of man. Jesus himself showed up on the scene, came to earth for his men. Amen. So we have two angels here and the Lord Jesus, the three men. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face. Learn something from Abraham. Amen. Honor. Toward the ground. And he said, Hear now, my lords. Please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, no, but we will spend the night in the open square. Huh. Angels, just gallivanting around the, the piazza. Amen. <laughs> but he insisted strongly. See, you can move angels. He moved these men. He insisted strongly, so they did turn into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate, just like Abraham prepared. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded that house. Evil, since light coming into it, surrounded that house. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, that we may know them carnally that we may see them physically. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him, and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. Don't touch God's anointed. They're holy beings. See now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Whoa! Sacrificed his own daughters. Only do these men no harm, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof to protect them. And they said, stand back. Then they said, this one came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with him. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down this door. But the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house, angel men, two of them, into his own house with them and shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway. This is the whole city of the house with blindness, both small and great, no matter the age, so that they became weary trying to find the door. Didn't even know what it was. Just like Elisha with the Syrian army, struck them all with blindness, led them right into the Israel's camp, surrounded them. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here? 
son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in the city. Take them out of this place. These are the angels on protection. This is their assignment, talking to Lot here. Take them out of Sodom. For we will destroy this place, because the outcry against them has grown great. Against them, this wickedness, these wicked people, has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. The King of Kings, the Lord of hosts, sent these two men to destroy Sodom. Notice two men, two angels, can take down a whole city. Amen. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons, verse 14, to his sons-in-law who had married his daughters, and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But his son-in-laws seemed like he was joking, so they didn't listen. When the morning dawned, and angels, the angels, here we see the first time they call, the word actually calls them angels. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, they were men, now the Bible calls them angels, urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out because of Abraham's intercession. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass, when they had brought them outside, that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. <laughs> this whole place is about to go up. Then Lot said to them, Please know, my lords, indeed now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die there. See now, this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. It is, not a, is it not a little one, and my soul shall live? And he said to him, verse 21, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also. Say the favor of God encompasses me as with a shield. Amen. That's you too, amen? <laughs> concerning this thing also, and that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there. For I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Notice their orders were changed because of our father Abraham. They came to destroy Sodom. Now they have to wait till Lot's family leaves that place because of Abraham interceding and praying the Lord. Amen? Praise God what we can get done. For I cannot do anything until they arrive there safe and sound. Notice their number one objective is now protection, not destruction. They changed their objective from total destruction to protection. Then comes destruction. Amen? Praise God. Say, I'm protected. I'm protected. <laughs> Praise God forever. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what even grew on the ground. The earth was destroyed even. But his wife looked back, Lot's wife, looked back, which the angels told him, don't look back. Looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. That's supernatural, right? A human turning into a pillar of salt. Look at all this supernatural activity. Fire, brimstone coming down from heaven itself. Angels, who are men. And now his wife becomes salt. 
<laughs> what are we, 80% salt? Something like that? Became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain, and he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land which went up like a smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow which when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Then we see the descendants of Lot get their father drunk, the two gals, have sex with them, and incest starts. And that's the whole lineage of Lot right there. <laughs> that's how his lineage, because his wife died. So now his daughter's plan, hey, he has to bear seed for, you know, to continue the lineage. We ought to get him drunk and sleep with him. <laughs> that's his father. Amen. That's that next verse right there. Is it okay if we, if we wrap up here in verse 20, in chapter 20 here? And Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gehar. Now Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. Remember this? The same plan again? <laughs> She's my sister, only a lot older now. And Abimelech, king of Jehar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken. God is a God of protection. He will always protect his people. For she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she, even she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. God forgives the innocence. Just like Paul the Apostle. He said, I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Therefore, it was forgiven me murdering Christians and persecuting the church. He forgives the innocent. God looks on the heart. This man's reasoning with God as well. And God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Covenant relationship. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for, she, for he is a prophet. Abraham's a prophet. And he will pray for you, and you shall live. He will pray for you. He's a man of prayer. God knows he interceded for a whole city. And you shall live. He's good at this. Getting people saved. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all his servants, and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called to Abraham and said to him, what have you done to us? How have I offended you, that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you have in view, that you have done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought, surely, the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house, that I said to her, This is your kindness that you should do for me. In every place, wherever we go, say of me, He is my brother. Then Abimelech took the same thing that happened with Pharaoh in Egypt. Abimelech took sheep, oxen, and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham. And he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, See, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. 
Then to Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and every, there, and before everybody. Thus she was rebuked. So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they bore children. For the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Abraham prays for these people again and gets them healed, delivered, saved, and they're able to have children again because of Abraham's intercession. We see here Abraham is not only a man of faith, but he's a man of love and compassion. This is our father Abraham, the father of faith, the father of us all. Paul the Apostle in the New Testament says, Faith worketh by love. You have to be a man of love, a woman of love, for faith to function and flourish in your life just like it did for our father Abraham, who lived by love, compassion, and faith. Our father of faith, the father of us all. Amen. Did someone get something from this message? We're learning about our father Abraham. We're going to continue with part three on, on our father of faith, the father of us all. Um, if you'd like to just turn to Hebrews real fast here. Hebrews was written by the Apostle Paul. You'll see in the, New King, uh, the Old King James Version, it says Hebrews. The Epistle of Paul the Apostle. This is definitely Paul's writing. He writes a lot about angels in Hebrews, your authority, and then on our faithful father Abraham. And we see here in, in Hebrews 11, the hallmark of faith, the hall of fame of faith. Abraham is mentioned here as well. Should we read that now or next week? <laughs> Let's read it. Hebrews 11 and verse 8 says, By faith, we're just focusing on Abraham here, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He wasn't led by his head, he was led by his heart. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promises in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. We left off there in Genesis. Isaac is the next chapter. The son of promise is born to Sarah at the appointed time, at the appointed day that the angels told her. Amen. The heirs with him of the same promise, verse 10. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. Say that with me. The United States, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We're getting really good at our patience. We're getting really good at long-suffering. God is building his love into us. Amen. Whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength through faith she received strength in her body to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised her. Therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Abraham stuck with it. Sarah stuck with it. Amen? And they saw great promises fulfilled. God is so good. God is so faithful. Father, we bless you today. We thank you that we can dwell together in unity. We praise you for everything. We glorify you for this free nation under God. Father, I ask that you bring people into your sanctuary. Don't keep them at home. <laughs> COVID's passed. 2020's done. I thank you for 2022, a new year, a year of restoration, a year of people's harvest, a year of double for their trouble, 
we give you all the glory and the praises for it, for bringing to pass. The year of the open hand of God, as Prophet Jerry Savelle has prophesied. The open hand of God. He said, although there will be distractions and chaos, those who look to me shall continue to be blessed. It will be the open hand of God for those who believe. So we believe today. We agree in faith for all you've done, all you have for us in the future. And we bless your holy name. We thank you, Lord, that you've entered into covenant with us. Father, for sacrificing your own son, shedding his own blood to enter into covenant with us and for all who receive him. We give you the praises and the glory for sending your best to the cross to die for us, to redeem us from the curse and to plant us under the blessing of Abraham, our father of faith, the father of us all. We give you all the praises for it. And say it with me, the blessing's on me. It's on my family. It's on my household to a thousand generations. Thank you, Jesus, for handpicking me. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Did someone get something from this message? Man, I was blessed. Praise God forever. Again, if you'd like to give and support our ministry online, you can do so at ElishaMarkMinistries.com. And also you can text to give 44321 and just put word at the ranch and you can enter it there. We love you guys and thanks for tuning in. Happy Sunday. Be blessed. Amen. Amen. Good teaching. Woohoo! Mm-hmm.